It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha is less normal, more Mocha. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Thursday's uh, Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show this afternoon. I want you to do something for me, please. If you're at home, if you're at home in your kitchen at the moment listening to us on late lunch, will you just open your fridge and have a look in the fridge for me? Will you do this to me? Go on, please. If you're listening to me today and you're at home, go on to your fridge in a minute and look in your fridge. What do I want you to do? I want you to have a look at all the jars and bottles and containers of sauce or whatever that you have in there. Just have a quick check and see how many you have in your fridge. How many of you, Louise? How many would you say? I'd say about a dozen. Have you? Yeah. Mm. I'm just looking at the picture we posted there from my fridge. That's from part of the fridge. There's 15 different items Mm. in jars and bottles there. And there's more. I didn't put them all. The ones that are in the doors of the fridge. I'd say there's another 15. I'd say I have about... How do you get like your meat into the fridge? The, I, I, I <laughs> make room. Big I, I squeeze it in. It's a good lump of fridge. It is. But I'd say there's about 30 containers between bottles, uh, jars and the plastic containers for the sauce and that in my fridge. And I did a clear out, mind you, about two weeks ago. I did a clear out. So they're all in date. They're all in date, but they may have been opened. They're I have to say this to you. I can't tell you definitively that they're all in date, but they're all opened, right? They're all opened at some stage. And I'm just looking at this red currant jelly there that was opened at Christmas time. So I haven't (laughs) a clue whether that's in date or not. I'm just looking at the bottles here. And you haven't used it since Christmas, have you? No, no, I haven't. And there might be a cranberry stuck in there somewhere in in a similar vein. You know what I'm talking about? Like Um, the butter and the jam. Yeah. (laughs) The same thing. But... You know, we all open bottles. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know yeah. it yourself. And we use them once and we put them back in and we sort of forget about them and we go back to them. Do you ever check the dates on them? Not until this morning. When we were looking yeah. ahead to talking about this today. Yeah, and and when, when, when you checked them, what did you find? Well, in fairness, I kind of do go through stuff every now and again with the fridge when you're cleaning it out. You, you yes. But I did find ham glaze that is there since Christmas. Okay. And actually the date has rubbed off, but I think it was best before this... February last. And the rest were kind of in date. I did look at, I didn't realise when you looked at the dates that it says, you know, once opened, consume within four weeks, three days. I didn't realise, I thought they all were kind of used between 
in four weeks. I didn't realise there was like three days stuff. Mm. And I did find French dressing, a big thing of French dressing that started off in the cupboard. Right. And then was forgotten about and it must have been found and moved to the fridge. Yes. I'd say it's about 18 months old and it's really out of date. But the good news is that I've kind of took a liking to it in the last week so it's nearly all gone. But it's out of date and you have been using it even though it's out of date. I only realised it was out of date today. Okay. In my defence and I haven't turned purple yet. Let's for a bit of crack. Folks, I know you'll help me here. If you're in your kitchen, go to your fridge please and just tot up the amount of jars and containers you have with sauces and condiments and stuff like that and let us know. I reckon I have nearly 30 in my fridge. Anyone got more than that? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. 086. Um, when I look at the picture again, I have to start thinking about this. I'll just give that number once more. 086. You have 30 jars of stuff. Um, I just have. Um, now, let, now let me look at these for a second. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show with the number that you have in your fridge today, please. We'd love to, to see how we're going out there in the northeast. I'm just looking at there. There's salad dressing, mint sauce, tomato sauce, Heinz salad dressing. There's a, there's a wicked thing. Oh, there's a wicked flavour out of that. There's the sweet chilli sauce there. And um, There's another type of tomato sauce. There's hoisin sauce. There's Hellman's mayonnaise. There's the red currant jelly. And so on and so on it goes. There's lots more in there that I have. And again, I'm a devil for using some of them, putting them back in and coming back to them. And then when I do it clear out, I do look at the dates and think, oh my God, that's gone. I have to get rid of that now. Or when they're all furry when you open them. Well, that's the thing. You but don't how want. many of those could you actually open and put into your press? Instead of the fridge as well. I'd like to know that. I don't know. Well, listen, we're going to find out more now because waiting patiently on the line is Dr. Linda Gordon and she's Chief Specialist in Microbiology with Safe Food. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Delighted to be with you. You're listening to us prattling on there about our own fridges. <laughs> I think you're, that's probably replicated up and down the country. <laughs> what do you think? Are, are we in danger of poisoning ourselves? Well, I suppose with a lot of the kind of things you're talking about in jars, um, you know, condiments and sauces and things like that, a lot of those would have a best before. And I think it's important to make this distinction between the best before dates and the use by dates. Mm. So use by dates you'll see on perishable foods, dairy products and meat and things like that. And those are the kind of foods that are ideal for gro- for the growth of harmful bacteria. Mm. And that's why we say treat a uh, use by date as a deadline. But a best before date is more about the quality of the food than the safety of it. Yes. So you usually find those on the kind of foods that don't really support the growth of bacteria. Like bacteria can't grow well in foods that have a lot of vinegar in them. So, you know, they're kind of more acidic or there's a lot of salt or sugar in them that kind of is absorbing and making the water unavailable to bacteria. So really the best before dates are more about the quality. Now, I can't say guarantee you that you couldn't ever have harmful bacteria growing in a jar of of food but most of those jars they do have a best before date on them so you're probably talking about more yeast and moulds and things like that that Mm. can grow in them and those are less likely you know to be to be harmful I mean it is a good idea to 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 check the instructions on the label in terms of it but where there's best before dates those are about the quality of the food so 
And then obviously you have to look once you've opened it, the instructions can change. So something might be fine unopened in the press. Mm. But once you open it, you need to put it in the fridge because there will be microorganisms in the air, etc. And they might grow um, at room temperature. Yes. And and that's an important point to make because it does say uh, refrigerate after opening. And then I'm going to add the next line, which I want you to do advise us about and use within, say, two weeks of opening, three weeks of opening. Because, you know, look, Linda, we're all human. We open something like that and we forget when we opened it, we push it back in the fridge and maybe we come back to it beyond, you know, the recommendation on the label yeah. where it says use within three weeks of opening. Is that type of stuff dangerous? Um. It's, it is dangerous when you call, when it comes to things like a packet of ham or something like that. Yeah. Um, less so really for a lot of things, like I said, that, you know, in jars, if you have a jar and, you know, a bottle of salad dressing or something, yes. vinaigrette, it's very unlikely that you'd get any harmful bacteria okay. growing in that. Now, it's a good idea to, you know, to observe those kind of instructions, but it, it really is more about the quality of it. Like you could have... If you have a pot of jam or something that's in the fridge and you open it up and you see there's mould growing on it. Now, that might that may not be harmful to you. A lot of people will scrape off the mould and eat it. But I suppose just to remember, if there, that's a lot of mould once it's visible, what you can see on the surface is only what's visible. There's lots of mould growing within the jam. You know yes. what I mean? That's not visible. So the same with anything else. What you see on the surface is only is only like the tip of the iceberg when something yeah. is growing on the surface quite often there's a there's a lot more that you can't see growing underneath mm. it so mm. um you know it's kind of your own choice to a large extent so i suppose a lot of these things like i say you won't get things like salmonella or listeria or things like that won't really be able to grow in them because um because of the preservative yes. whether that's vinegar or whether it's salt or sugar or something like that. But mm. another thing to bear in mind, and I often people ask me and say, well, we always used to keep jam in the press all the time, even after it was open, and we always used to keep tomato ketchup or something. But it's just to be aware that formulations of a lot of products have changed over the last number of years, you know, to try and reduce the salt or the sugar content of them for, you know, nutritional reasons. Mm. And so that's why now you might see you know, store in the refrigerator after opening on something that previously you were able to store in the press. So those and some people think, oh, they're just being overcautious, but sometimes it is because, you know, manufacturers are changing the formulation yes. to, to make things more healthy. So you need to be aware of that as well. Now, Louise, come in here, Louise. You do store your jam in the fridge, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, do. I, I don't, Linda. Like I keep it in the press, but, but I've often seen a culture on, say, a jar that you mightn't use that frequently, and you'll see a, a mold on the top of it. Are you saying today, uh, Linda, that you're better storing jams once opened in the fridge? Yeah, especially if it says it on the label to do that. It'll last much longer if you store it in in the fridge. And you know, a lot of jam, like I said, will, the sugar content will have come down, so that you mm. know the sugar would be used as a preservative. Um, uh, so therefore, it won't last as long um, in the press as it would in the fridge. In the fridge. What about tomato sauce and mayonnaise? Say, you know, when you buy them, you buy them off the shelf. They're not uh, chilled or anything in the supermarket. You bring them home. You put them in your store cupboard. Then when you open them, what we do then, if we open the mayonnaise, open the tomato sauce, as soon as they're opened into the fridge, what do you do, Louise? 
Uh, mayonnaise mm, into the fridge, yeah. tomato ketchup, depends. You could keep it in the, yeah. in, the, in the cupboard. What about those, Linda? Yeah, I would put them in the fridge once they're opened because they've kind of been exposed to the air then and, you know, any bacteria that might be in the air or any microorganisms, you know, could get an opportunity to contaminate them. You know, it's probably, again, particularly with the ketchup, um, it's probably, again, more about the quality than it is mm. about safety. And, you know, I would, I suppose I would advise always following what it says on the label. I know that's a very boring answer, but <laughs> <laughs> it's always good advice. You know, manufacturers, yes. I know people are very suspicious. They think, oh, they just want us to throw it out so mm. another one or whatever. But, you know, they do put a lot of work into looking at the shelf life of their food and how best it's stored mm. because they don't want people being dissatisfied with the product or it not lasting <laughs> as long as they, as they um, said it would. Yes. So it is a good idea to follow the instructions because the formulation may be different different to another brand that mm. you're more familiar with or something like that. So I would t- tend to put those kind of things in the fridge once they're opened and they will last longer that way. Yeah. Now, but, uh, how quickly if you go through a jar. Of course, of course. Catch up in a week, then it's probably yeah, it's no fine, pro- Yeah, it's no bother at all. That's true. Actually, the uh, listeners are WhatsApping us in pictures uh, from their fridges of the, uh, the jars and bottles there. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658. I love to see them. Maureen's been on to me there. There are many more coming as I speak to you. It's an interesting subject I have to say. Exactly, Jerry. My fridge is a disaster. Yeah, I wouldn't like to show you the amount of bottles and containers and I won't tell you about clearing my press two years ago. Thank God I never poisoned anyone, says Maureen to us this afternoon. But here's the thing. At Christmas time, I make a, a little uh, homemade gravy for my turkey, may I say, and Worcester sauce, a, a few splashes, is important in it, Linda, right? I'd say I have a bottle of Worcester sauce for ten years and I roll it out every Christmas and put a dash of it into the and nobody's died yet yeah, it's probably, again, Worcester sauce. I can't imagine what would be able to grow in that. Mm. Um, so it probably is fine, you know. Yes. If it's past, it, well, past its, its best before date. Um, you know, and you're cooking it in a gravy as well, you know. So I can't, you know, as long as you're you're storing the gravy correctly, that would be where your, yes. your risk is there with the, you know, meat juices and things like that. Um, so, that, you know, that's where your, your kind of safety concerns would be about, you know, storing the gravy and reheating it properly and all of that kind of thing. Um, I'm more concerned about that than it would be about the worst. Yes, than the worst of us. Annette says she's just checked 15 open jars, including jam, beetroot and sauces in your in our fridge. Not doing too bad, I have to say, uh, with, with only 15 there. But in, in a general sense, what you're saying is the containers that we have within our fridge and the many we have there, just be cognizant of the of the date on them and the instruction of uh, when you open it, it should be consumed by. You're probably better if you could keep a note of when you open something because we forget about it, Linda. We just forget. It's simple as yeah, that. Yeah, we do. We do. And I mean, it's a good idea to, if you can grab a marker and just write it on the label yes. or something like that um, so you know when you how long it's been there. And sometimes in I know what happens in my house it could be two jars of something pesto or something like that open in the fridge and you're, you're trying to work out which one I opened yesterday and which one was at the back for, for three months you know but yeah. um, I know we're all guilty of that and I suppose the point was made earlier if you've got loads and your fridge is jammed you know where you really have enough space for this stuff that really 
uh, needs to be in the fridge, meat mm. and dairy products and things like that. So mm. you kind of it's a good idea to do a clear out. And if your fridge is overpacked, it won't be working as efficiently either. So <laughs> I suppose just to just to be aware of those good kind of general rules yes. for fridge hygiene. Yeah, you know, clearing it out and making sure it's not too packed and mm. making sure that you've got space to store things properly and store your raw meat and you know where it's not going to drip onto anything else. Those yes. kind of things. Yeah, star pupil Angela this afternoon just sent me in a photograph there from her fridge, and you know what she does? It's very good. She writes the date on the the lid of uh, the container, and there's one she just showed me. Ninth of June, she opened it. Do you know what I mean? So she just marks it on the top, and she knows when she's opened it. Then that's a good good uh, little uh, routine to get into. Absolutely, that's a very good habit yeah. to get into. You know, yeah, you like have a, a permanent marker yes. in the kitchen. You can just grab it uh, and and write it on there, so you kind of know then how long how long it's how long there it's for. There. Yeah, 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 indeed. Just before you go quickly, eggs. I knew I was going to get this question. Will you ask Linda eggs in or out of the fridge, please, Linda? I put them in the fridge um, because you can get condensation on eggs, and the the soil of an egg is actually can be porous. Mm. You could get you could get bacteria can actually penetrate through the shell of an egg. Okay. So and a kitchen can get quite warm warmer than the supermarket and that and mm. um so I I would uh, it is advisable to store them. Now they do have a best before rather than a use by date, even though they're perishable, but I would always advise storing them in the fridge. They will last longer that way. There you go. Anyway, get the permanent markers, mark the containers, know when you open them and read the labels. Uh, that's what it's all about to keep safe. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Take care of yourself. That's Dr. Linda Gordon there, Chief Specialist in Microbiology with Safe Food. Have you loads of jars and containers in your fridge? Do you have a routine for putting the dates on them? Where do you store your eggs? And that you'd like to say the shop is open here on late lunch every afternoon. On to get into the shop, all you have to do is have this number 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Keep your messages coming to us. Short break, back in a moment. Interesting stuff, isn't it? Mary's been on uh, from Drawhut to say, I find it hard to use the uh, use, I, I find it difficult to read the use by dates on jars of the printers in black. I think white would be better, to be honest, which says Mary in Drawhut this afternoon. Barney's been on from Knockbridge. Are you counting the jars of Budweiser? <laughs> Barney's trying to do a tally, Louise, but no, Barney, we don't want to know about y- your bud. Um, Jerry, what's the correct temperature for the fridge? I never know. It's digital, uh, says Mary. Y- yeah, well, does your fridge calculate it itself, Louise, the freezer and the fridge? It just sets it at a temperature yeah. itself, I think, doesn't it? And I take it. My fridge is cold, I have to say, but I'm going to have to rethink, Louise. You were one always for storing the eggs in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And I store them outside the fridge. When a I lot listen. of people store them outside. Yeah, lots of people say that. And Nikki Kyle would tell you that, mm. who, you know, had her hens and eggs, etc. She wouldn't be a fridge person with them. But when you hear what Linda had to say, I'll have to think about it. Uh, I suppose it's it's like everything, as she says. If you buy six eggs and you're going to use the six eggs yes. in a couple of days, well, then well, it doesn't really matter. True. But if you buy 20 eggs yeah. and you're not going to use it in two weeks, throw them in the fridge. I think the jam has to go into the fridge. I, I definitely concede that one because <laughs> it definitely gets the culture on the top of it if it's not used even for a short space of time. Uh, would you like to try me Worcester sauce? No, thanks. Oh, listen. I was laughing at that when you said nobody's died yet. I was thinking, has anybody tried the sauce? <laughs> Everybody tries it. <laughs> they love it. It's the highlight of the festive season. Did they season. tell you they love it? 
Well, there's never... A, they lick the pot. When you see somebody licking the pot, well, then you start to reckon it's not bad. But, you know, why would you buy a bottle of Worcester sauce every year? You know, It's the same with the cranberry sauce or mint jelly. I think they should do small containers because you're just wasting food. Yeah. If it has to be used between a week and it's there seven months later and you're throwing it out, yes. you're wasting the container and the food. So just do smaller... And smaller portions of those kind of mint yes, jellies and all those would go far better. I agree with you. Mm. And the little jars that you get maybe your jam out for breakfast in a hotel in the morning. You know those little jars. Yeah. The, the other thing I'm thinking not of even is jam, but the other little yes, things that those little condiments don't necessarily like. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And the the last thing is bananas. You know when you buy a hunk of bananas and they're all at the same ripeness and they go off. The Japanese have it. They have their hunk of bananas and they're at different stages of ripeness. Mm. Isn't that clever? Mm. That is really bananas clever. Bananas don't last in our house. No, I wouldn't think so. You don't have to worry about that. Cyril Sullivan is the new CEO of the ISPCA. He's from County Loud. He's joining me after two, but taking us top of the hour. News and weather on the way. Fill in it. Mary has 18 and Cynthia 22. So the people have lots of containers and jars in their fridges. That's for sure. It's just important, as we were talking earlier on, to keep an eye on them. Food safety, so important. Now, just reminding you that our jackpot, bingo jackpot, is €6,800. And the Nifty 50 summer promotion continues. We have another chance to win €50 on a lucky number draw. Well done to Rose Redmond in the Knoll. A thousand euro and Rosemary Gillespie from Kell. She was a winner in the Nifty Fifty. You can buy her book for next week's game online or from outlets across the northeast. And uh, you are helping to support the over a thousand people who are living with sight loss in our community. For more information, log on to lmfm.ie. I'll say hello to a legendary GA man this afternoon, Noel Smith from the Arahalis. Hello, Noel. Thanks for getting in touch with us. He's known the length and breadth of the the land and he just wanted to say to me that it was important Noel Fields today to remember a man who's passed away Mick Holden from the Cord Road what a famous man folks if you don't live in the Drogheda area he was a barman for over 70 years and he worked at Benny McArdle's and Sarsfields in Drogheda played football with the Oliver Plunkett's uh, the 1957 Loud Champions and Drogheda United in soccer such a well respected man thanks Noel for letting us know yes he's passed away Mick Holden we were remember him today and may he rest in peace. Moving on on late lunch this afternoon the ISPCA are a wonderful organisation who do terrific work all over the North East and beyond in terms of protecting animals who are treated awfully in uh, certain instances and they keep a great eye on things going on and they will react when they get the information uh, from people and you and I on the ground if something untoward is happening towards uh, the animals poor dumb animals you know what I mean who can't uh, stand up for themselves well the organisation let me tell you have a new CEO his name is Cyril Sullivan and he is from the North East and I'm delighted to welcome him to late lunch hello Cyril Thanks a minute, Jerry. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining me on the show. Now, you're originally, I know, from Tully Allen and just living now, you've migrated to the far side, the south side <laughs> of Drogheda. I see that anyway. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Where are you coming from? Yeah, so I, I born and bred Tully Allen, went to Tully Allen National School, um, St. Joseph's CBS, played my football for Glen Emmett. So you mentioned a few, uh, the 1957s, but 
Well, I might have played for Louth. I was only up to under 18, but I, I Tully Allen, Monaster Boys and Colin played me football around there. And um, so, yeah, so I suppose I'm a local Drogheda man through and through, uh, socialised and worked and everything through Drogheda. Uh, moved to Dublin and then moved back. So I'm now living in, um, up in the, as you say, in the south side in Grange Rath. So yeah, I'm, I'm drawn it true and true. But uh, but yeah, working as and just started with the ISPCA, a national organisation with a head office in Longford. So yeah, uh, moved moved uh, onwards and upwards. <clears throat> and 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 your working background. Where did you go in terms of it to to where you are today now, taking over this big role? Well, I. Um, uh, I suppose in terms of my qualifications, I'm an accountant, uh, first and foremost, uh, did a, a series of degrees in Trinity, my primary degree there, and master's at MBA in UCD, and did a doctorate in governance in, in Queen's. But in terms of work, I was a senior public servant most of my life. I uh, worked uh, in finance and director of finance, and more recently moved into a director position with um, the European Consumer Centre, uh, you know, reporting into Brussels and, and protecting consumers in Ireland and across Europe. And I suppose this role is a similar role, except I suppose you could take that in terms of protection, it's protection of animals and uh, prevention of cruelty to animals. So it's a similar role. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, more of the same. And I suppose my job is really to be able to uh, move the ISPCA where we're in business for 70 years and since the 1940s. So we are, I suppose, the leading uh, animal welfare um, organisation in, in Ireland. We have a national remit. So, uh, but my job, I suppose, is to leverage that expertise and to move us onwards and upwards. And, and of course, so many CEOs and organisations do have that financial experience and background as well. And you bring that to bear with you in, in guiding this organisation forward. Um you know, I said it there in the introduction, by times we're absolutely shocked when we hear about the horrific cases of cruelty to animals. And, you know, we regard ourselves as animal lovers. But when you hear of these cases, you just begin to wonder, don't you? Yeah, I think that's the thing that struck me most. Obviously, I've been brought up in Tulliana, I was brought up in a dairy farm. So, uh, you know, animals would have been part of my life. So it's an easy one to have an affinity for. And I suppose like everybody, like most people, you, we love our animals. So we don't have to sort of consider uh, that this would happen, but it does, unfortunately, and it happens quite a lot. We have our call centre. And just to give you a bit of background in terms of our operation, mm. we have a, uh, our head office in Longford, which is our national animal centre. Uh, so we most of our animals are taken care of there. But we have a call centre there. And uh, Jerry, you'd be amazed to hear that we get between twelve and 15,000 calls a year in there, uh, people reporting cruelty to animals. We have um, a, we also have a, a centre in Donegal and we have our equine centre in Mallow. So we are a national organisation. We're covering all of the country. And uh, if anybody is aware of anything or whatever, um, go to our website and, and you can make a complaint there and we will follow it up. And as part of our operations, we have an inspectorate and we have nine inspectors across the country, which are um, designated officers um, under the 2013 Animal Health and Welfare Act, which the Minister for Agriculture has bestowed upon us. So not alone do we take care of animals uh, and rescue them and hope to rehome them. We also have a significant enforcement job to do. And as you say, you sort of think it's not needed. Um, it absolutely is. And it's a very significant part of our role. Obviously, we work with the likes of the guards. We look at the work of the inspectors in the department. But as I said, we have 70 years experience uh, of animal welfare in terms of your dog, cat, horses, you know, the mainstream domestic animals. And uh, we bring that expertise to bear. So, um, yeah, and that's where we, we uh, 
we stand to the fore because obviously we, we seek the assistance of the guards and, and but we do end up <clears throat> of the three thousand inspections we carry out every year. Even since I've started, I think we've had maybe 10 to 15 court cases where people have been brought into court and there's been significant sanction and fine and um, banned uh, in terms of owning animals. And in each case, in all the cases, actually, since since I've started and and all the cases so far in 2022, they've been successful in terms of prosecution. So it is a serious issue. And, you know, we are a charity. You know, we're depending on uh, donations. Uh, but we we have a, a very serious job to do. And just that number, for, if you're listening to us today, you should keep it handy because if you are concerned about anything involving an animal or feel there's something that should be investigated, 0818 515 515. That's the number you need, 0818 515 515. And that's l- the, the line there that Cyril was talking about. It's good to hear that there's that level of uh, calls coming into you because it just shows you the message is getting out there more and more that, you know, it's up to you and I and everybody listening to, uh, uh, you know, report something if it's not right. Excellent. And that's, it, that's exactly it. It's a case that, uh, you know, th- these sanctions and these enforcements are, are for people who um, fall foul. You know, it's to protect good animal lovers is to protect people who love their animals and, and it's to take people out, you know, in terms of uh, people who would abuse animals. So, yeah, it's an important thing. And also in terms of the act that I mentioned earlier, the 2013 Welfare Act, it means that we all have a duty um, to be humane to animals and to treat animals well, but it's not only a humane thing to do, it's also the law. So if you own a pet, uh, you're obliged to make sure that you do take care of it. And as I said, most people do. But if you notice anybody uh, you feel is neglecting an animal, even to abandon an animal is against the law. It's not mm. a very cruel thing to do. It's against the law. You report it to us and we can act on it. And as I said, we have very significant powers uh, which uh, we use. And again, it's not uh, you know been used lightly. It's not been used if people have, you know, we'll all have misdemeanor. We all get things wrong now and again. It's for people who take it, you really are very cruel to animals. The COVID situation obviously impacted on your business, but another aspect of COVID, I'll come back to that in a moment, is that uh, you you know well, so many people decided, especially with our four-legged friends, dogs, they added a dog to the family. And we've been hearing in recent times with, you know, look, I'm not saying COVID is over, by God, when you see the cases today, but living with it and people returning to the workplace and that, you know, abandonment of dogs and dogs not being wa- wanted. This, of course, is is an issue. I take it for yourselves. It is, Jerry, and it's had two um, twofold effect. First off, when COVID happened, people were at home and people had more time at home, and animal um, intake and, and and ownership went up, which was great in, in loads of ways. And I think most people would have found, particularly where rather than rescue dogs, but dogs for sale, the, the values would have. Um, doubled if not quadrupled so it's been you know there's been a lot of dog ownership so that's the first thing that happened but the second thing has happened now is that with covid lifting the restrictions lifting people are going back to work and um we would have found that a lot of rescues people would have bought dogs and taken rescues from us now they've come back to work the number of dogs um being released back to us and for care has gone up but there's also the effect of people not being able to bring dogs in and adopt them so I suppose we, we would ask if anybody's out there 
um, any of your listeners who has thought about adopting to, to um, you know, to seriously consider it, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, there's fostering, which is um, a temporary ownership, and that, that can be really important for us in terms of the rehabilitation of an animal, because it means that um, they have a home, they have love, they have care, and even for a few months, that could be really helpful for us. And finally, obviously, as I said earlier, you know, it's it's a resource intensive business. We have veterinary costs, we have welfare costs, we have other costs within the centres. Um, so we really appreciate it. if you can't do it, either of those things uh, to go to our website and to make a, a donation, we really appreciate it as well. What's the story with this charity partnership you have with the Forever Young Festival? <laughs> Yeah, well, I suppose uh, while well, this is very serious, uh, Jerry, and I explained, you know, from welfare of animals and, and the tough stories, this is probably one of the, the, the nicer parts. We're, we've been very lucky to have a charity partnership with the Forever Young Festival um, in the Parmesan Town Estate, the 15th to the 17th of July. So a uh, big shout out to Sharon Alston, who's the, um, who organises that event, uh, has given us this opportunity. So we'll be on site, um, and if you're going to the festival, you'll see us there, and uh, you know, if you can make a, a donation or if you can uh, do anything for us, we'd be appreciative of that. But what we have got from Sharon is we've uh, five uh, two-person tickets for the weekend. And if you go to our Facebook page and you share our Facebook page, you're in for a chance to win the, one of those tickets. Fantastic. So there you are. They'll be there in force at the festival and you could be going for free. It's an organisation that's so important. It really is in the context of society in this country. I wish you well. There are many challenges ahead and it's great to hear that we have another man from the northeast at the helm of the ISPCA. I wish you the best for the future, Cyril, and I'm sure we'll be talking from time to time. Absolutely, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Take care, he said. Bye bye. That's uh, Cyril Sullivan there, uh, originally from Tully Allen, living on the south side of Drogheda, the new CEO of the ISPCA. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text is our contact number on late lunch this afternoon. And just reminding you, it's day one at Bellius Town Races. Yes, this Thursday. It's on again Friday and Saturday. Of course, we're talking earlier in the week uh, to Dawn Finnegan about uh, the best dress day. Uh, which is tomorrow. But today, the race card begins at 4.35 and Bellystone Races are running a shuttle bus service from the courthouse in Drogheda to the race course, departing one hour sharp before the start of the first race and returning to Drogheda 30 minutes after the last race. That's a great service. So 3.35, it won't be long now, 3.35 from the courthouse in Drogheda. You'll get to Bellystone for free and be left back there afterwards and you can enjoy yourself and have a, a jar or two uh, as well. Well, only those with wristbands, by the way, can return on the bus. For tickets and updates, see bellyusturnraces.ie and bellyusturnraces on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. First day on the hill today. We're not heading to the hill. We're not heading anywhere. We're with you on late lunch until 3.30 this afternoon and still to come on the show. What about the Latario Swindlers on the prowl online? Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker, tells us beware. you got to beware. She's coming up on late lunch in a wee while. Short break. Back in a moment. Lady Gaga paparazzi on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Now it's time to go to a roving reporter from Love Island, Miss Louise Walsh. Tell us what's been happening in the last 24 hours on the island, please. <laughs> Don't tell me you weren't watching it. <laughs> I came in for the Wednesday club, I'll be honest with you. I secretly recorded it and I went to the part where they recoupled just to see who was with who at the end of the day. I you... was disappointed that... 
Andrew and Danica. Mm. I was disappointed there. But she went with Charlie. Yes. But I love that Ekansu and uh, David are recoupled. That I thought you would be just cheering for because that's where you think mm. the the whole thing is going. When are uh, when are the um, girls going to be sent away? I don't know. And, Possibly next week, I'd say. And, and they meet six different fellas. Is that it? Mm. And and the boys meet six different girls. Women, and then they allow that to play through for a while, and yeah. then they have to decide, you know, who they're. Who they if prefer. they want to bring yeah, this new girl or new boy back to the mm. main villa and then ructions. <laughs> <laughs> Wigs in the green. Yes, <laughs> of course, that's what it's all about. Anyway, thank you for that update from the island. Oh, great news today, Louise. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, mm-hmm. who retired from fun. movies, yep. is coming back. And she's coming back in a movie called Back in Action with Jamie Foxx. Why so, the U-turn, I wonder? I don't she know. She's, no making, she's making a return. Always liked her. Love that mm-hmm. movie, Bad Teacher. Remember mm-hmm. that one? No. It's gone. Never you never see film. Bad Teacher. You should watch Bad Teacher. Oh, she's she's foxy in it now, I can tell you. But it's fantastic. The great concept behind it. If you've never seen Bad Teacher, watch it, Cameron Kind of was Diaz. always in those mm. rom-coms. Of the yes, world. yes, exactly. Exactly. So uh, she's back. Anyway, that's the news today. Back in action is the movie shooting it with Jamie Foxx. She says she's a bit apprehensive because she's been away since 2018 mm. and not done anything really. But she is coming back to the big screen. Watch this space. Um, oh, and I'm really worried. I'm really worried. I know we were talking about condiments and, uh, you know, sauces in your fridge. But, Louise, I'm really concerned about this news. Beans. You keep beans not- in your fridge? No. <laughs> no. Beans may not mean Heinz anymore. Did you see this? And uh, every little helps. Tesco, there's a big row going on uh, with Heinz over the beans and their sauce. Two of my staples in my life, Heinz beans and, and Heinz tomato ketchup. Um, Tesco. they, they want beans. Which? They're getting paid beans. (laughs) Buttons. They are. They're getting beans, they're saying, for the product. Uh, Heinz are looking for an increase in the price that's paid for for the product. And Tesco says, go away and hike. You're you're getting no price increase here. So there's a danger they won't be on the shelves. I'll be able to get it elsewhere, though. Yeah, I I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe pay a few bob more, but I'll still be able to get it. Sure That's done that have it and super ah, value. Yeah, yeah. And but it's an interesting one, isn't it? Is like, it just the beans, or is it other Heinz products? Heinz products. They're looking for extra, I think. And oh, be, so that so it's tomato ketchup as well, isn't it? Yes, ketchup. That's what I said. The ketchup, mm, uh, the beans. the beans, and, and other stuff as well. But Tesco have said no. We're not giving you the price increase, and maybe that's something that should happen. Maybe uh, more wide. Widely, and and we mightn't be talking about the the hikes and prices that people have been messaging us with from day to day when they go shopping to see the jump in prices of of basic food stuffs as well. So watch this space. I'll never give up the Heinz though. Never, never. I'll go to the go ends to of the earth. I'll go the to the beans. ends of the earth. They're all right, but they're they're not Heinz. They're, they're not Heinz. It's as simple you as that. You did a challenge recently, and there was a known brand that came close second, wasn't there? Oh, Dunn Stores own brand beans. There you go. Were superb. There's your fallback. Yeah, and well, you reminded me of that. That 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 would be a fallback for sure. But uh, 
the original of the species. Let's hope that's sorted out sooner rather than later. But everybody's noticing for sure the, the rising prices they are mm. and it's a fact of life at the moment. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. One of our, we, we, we have to call her a regular, don't we now? Because she's with us from time to time. Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker, is joining us. Louise, this story about the amount of people who've been caught in Ireland... Uh, with scams, you know, online scams through dating apps, etc. 31 cases so far this year in Ireland, costing uh, the uh, frazzled wannabe lovers €812,715. Isn't the, that some amount of money? That's only the people who have admitted to it. A lot of people are too Don't. embarrassed. They're afraid to say anything yeah. about it. But I'd say you could at least double that number. That's almost a million euro and 31 cases reported that have been... Uh, People have been uh, made lighter in their bank accounts and their pockets because of online uh, scams. What to talk about next? That's online romance scams. Yes, romance scams. It's all about romance. Uh, people are doe-eyed and, and taken in. Anyway, we're going to chat about it next with a woman who is right involved all her life in the love game, Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker. Unscrupulous Lotharios have uh, managed to remove almost a million euro from 31 people in Ireland. Yes, romance scams online are alive and well. And as Louise was saying earlier, they're only the ones that have been reported. Sharon Kenny is the matchmaker and uh, online stuff. Well, not for Sharon face to face. Welcome back to the show, Sharon. Sharon? Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. But before we talk about this, tell me about Tom Hanks. Oh, I, I just heard. I don't know much about Tom Hanks, but I just heard there that uh, he did. He just he turned sixteen. He, he did. Short. He did. And I believe yourself and Erin Louise were dissecting his sixty years. Oh yes, yes. And we were just saying how good he is by sharing his his cake with others and not eating yes. himself to look after his figure. And we were just saying, where do you start looking old at sixty if you get a facelift or things like that? We we're saying the elbows, maybe the neck, maybe the knees, maybe you know. Yeah, sure. It's all about being happy in yourself. It is. And look at um, a man like Tom Hanks. He can have his cake but not eat it because he sends the cake to everybody else bar eating himself. Do you reckon he's got a bit of work done, Sharon? Oh, uh, do you know everyone to themselves? But I think he has. But yeah. if he has, um, do you know it's not something I'd ever do or want to do. And I'm, I think I'm happy enough in myself. Like I'm turning fifty-five next month, and it's kind of a bit shocking to me to think that I'm turning that age. Mm. But I'm just going be happy in yourself. You know, Good you don't need you. to do all this stuff. And when you see and the amount of friends that say, "Oh, listen, a little." tuck here a little tuck there if you start you never stop mm. so that's my attitude ah good on you Sharon and you yeah. don't need to start at all may I say not uh, at thank all thank you Jerry I'm glad you haven't seen me in the last couple of years ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, not at all not at all anyway look this this online and, and uh, this is a, a, a seriously like this is an awful lot of uh, money that people have been relieved of I'm sure yeah. you've come across this Oh, I have. And honestly, they go for vulnerable victims. They go for people who've just come out of a marriage. They're a bit hurt. They haven't had attention. They haven't had affection or appreciation. And suddenly they're in and they're giving you all. They they groom their victims. They go through their profile. So you have to be very careful what you put up online and what you share. Even block your friends and block when you're on Facebook. Be very careful who you share your information with. Mm. And it's 
shocking. And you'd think, who would be giving away money like that? Now, as Louise said there, as, uh, and I was saying to her, that's only probably about 25% of the people who admit it. Yes. Because I had a lady, and she was 63, an absolutely lovely lady from the Midlands. And she came to me after being scammed. And she, now, she got scammed of 7,000. And she... And it was all the money she had. She didn't have any extra. She educated her kids. She went through, her, she lost her husband years before and and she felt such a fool. But she said, I'd never have come to you if I wasn't in that situation. Mm. So she said, and I introduced her to the guy she's with now. So, you know, it worked out well for her in the end. But they came in, he said he was in, worked in an oil rig. Usually they're either doctors who have to work abroad. Mm. They have, are working an oil rig or they're uh, kind of like that Navy the army guy who has to work abroad. And the reason for that is they've an excuse not getting in touch with you sooner. So that's the first thing to look out out for. Then look out for, if, you meet, if you're online dating, look out for, are they just in photos by themselves? Because they try not to include other people when they, when they choose a fake profile. And a lot of the time, they are fake profiles. So when they choose a fake profile, they look for someone that doesn't have kids in the photos a lot. And they're mainly by themselves because someone might identify one of the kids and say, I know him. So it opens up more avenue for them to be caught. So they're very cute. There's usually pictures just of themselves. Yes, and that's catfishing. Louise was telling me about this earlier on. I wasn't aware of the term where people create a false online profile for themselves oh, and they oh. just they just invite people in. You're right about that. I, I, I was having a look at this earlier on. They, they profess their love for you quickly. You're right. They, they, oh. they don't show much bar themselves in the pictures. They're not yeah. available to meet you in the yeah. early stages or whatever. And yeah. is, is this a fact, Sharon? It, it, nearly always then they have an emergency or something and they need a few bob. Is that oh, the... Yeah. They could say, you know, I've had an accident here or I'm starting a new business and the loan isn't going through from my family and can you lend me this in the meantime? They usually start with about three grand. So the minute you hear two or three grand, they test out the waters first and they say, listen, I'll come over to you. Now, now, Jerry, this is embarrassing. When I, my marriage broke up first and I was 39, 40 and I said, um, and I went online and I thought, you know, I, I was still in the same house as my uh, my husband at the time. I couldn't meet anyone and someone came on and they were giving me that attention and people think, you know, there's only losers who fall for people like that. I'm not a loser. These people aren't losers who, who get that bit of attention and you feel really special and they put you on this bit of a pedestal and they notice things about you that you think other people haven't noticed about you and they give you far too many compliments and I fell for this guy now I got it was you know the minute he, he mentioned the word money he was gone yes. he did but what I did notice was and this was my first bit of realising because he had the pictures and I said oh send me another one of you and your daughter and he sent me another one of him and his daughter and another one and I thought okay that's real enough when you see the photos oh she's in school at the moment so I have no photos of her now and so and you keep on then you go oh that's a bit weird how wouldn't oh get her to send you a picture and you know this is a long time ago where WhatsApp didn't happen you mm. know so it was easier done 
But now people should be, the minute they feel a red herring or a, 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 that red flag coming up, that no, they're not sending the proper pictures. No, they're not sending um, the proper details. No, they're not talking to me properly because they're saying, oh, listen, I'm on a rig. I can't hear your voice. Um, that kind of thing. So they you get and talk to them as soon as possible. Get in front of that person as, fo- as soon as possible. If they delay getting in front of you, they're more than likely scammers. Yes. So completely. Get on that phone and do a WhatsApp call as soon as possible. Never, never give out your bank details, which you think people don't, but they do. Give out your email address. Never. You, you know, they you, they ask for an email because sometimes they get your email and then they get your date of birth and they think they can work out, you know, that a first name, date of birth for older people is usually a password. It's desperate. Mm. And they think they can they'll get into your um, your PayPal or whatever. We never give out your email, never give out your date of birth and, ne- and, and keep, keep that private on Facebook and other things as well. Mm. So the important thing is that you say if, you, if a red herring is raised, if it happens too quickly and they're sharing you with this, that and the other, they look for money. All these are warning signs. And as you said uh, yourself, the best thing to do, and this is the way you operate, you want to yeah. see somebody, you know, make that call, a WhatsApp yeah. live or whatever. But the best thing of all is what you do isn't it get people together yeah absolutely like I get people because I meet everyone I can see the scammers a mile away and I won't take on scammers I can I can meet the people who are broken and need to fix themselves before they start dating because if you don't fix yourself before you start dating you're going to bring that negativeness into the next relationship so I encourage people to look after themselves and get their act together before they bring someone else into their lives. Mm. And Sharon, Sharon, that's an important point because, you know, this report is about online only, but you who work face-to-face with people and arrange for people to meet and and see the process through, even you, these scammers will try to scam you and use you to scam others, yes? Oh, well, they wouldn't get by me. At yeah, this stage. but they try. Years ago, yeah. when, they, when he was trying to scam me personally when I was at that vulnerable stage. But there's, in your gut, you find yourself, if you hear something's not right, you lean out. Listen to your gut. If you feel yourself leaning out, you're leaning out for a purpose. And that means you're kind of, you're moving away. Move away, straight away. And do not let them draw you in. And just because you're getting that attention and affection and appreciation, lean out because there's there's even Irish guys and Irish girls who are doing it, you know, mm. who are scamming people out of money. Yes. But you just have to think, you know, why are they asking for that? No, I don't know them long enough. No, they're there's a there's a way they are actually anxious attachment. So they come across as really giving, giving, giving and really needy in a way when it comes to it. Mm. Maybe the one that chasing, chasing, chasing. If you feel that you're getting chased too much and this is moving too fast, slow it down. You don't need to go into a relationship at 50 miles an hour. You know, they say it's a, a good relationship is a nice say. It's not a speedboat. Yes. So, and, and, you know, when you look at the stats here, and uh, mm-hmm. 23 women and 8 men out of the 31, so far more women scanned. But I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, uh, without naming names, a friend of mine uh, was online dating with this lady as well, had to travel a distance in this country to meet her eventually after uh, so many weeks. But when he had travelled, and I could see this a mile off, he couldn't see it. Did she show up? 
indeed and she didn't show up oh, it no. was never going to happen you know but is, yeah. is there significance in that that there's more women scammed than men well I don't know is that true because it's women who'd say it first women speak far more than men women are happy to admit it okay. men would feel yes. more that yes. they're oh I've, I'm, I'm too macho to admit it but I had a guy and he was a postman I actually might have mentioned this before but he was a postman Not, and he actually didn't have he was doing he, obviously doing well enough but he didn't have that much money they got something they got a, a hell of a lot of money out of him I won't say just in case but they got a hell of a lot of money uh, you know this girl saying oh I'm, I need um, you to pay for my flight to get over to you and I'll be with you for life and this kind of thing sure he didn't see his money at all so just don't be giving out money to people who say they're in a relationship with you well, ask them why aren't you getting that money from your family why don't you have a friend that? and if they don't have friends or family to lend them their money they obviously don't have enough strong relationships in their life mm-hmm. and if they don't have a strong relationship in their life why should you take someone in who doesn't know how to hold down a relationship yes the tinder swindlers springs to mind I love that programme Sharon Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And how cute was he? He went from one, used the money from one to invest in a higher lifestyle for the other. Yes. Use that to go higher again. And each time it was just rotating the money, rotating the money to get more money. And oh, my gosh, but how could you live a lie like that? Mm. I mean, total mental issues to be able to live well obviously they all have and, and, and they're born thieves and it's disgusting mm. but it's all about respecting yourself and loving yourself and if you do you question the situation more what are your values what are important to you why would you let someone cross that path and don't let them cross that path and uh, yes I think it happens to men as much as it happens to women yes. but women because they're the weaker species in a, in a lot of cases have to watch out for themselves mm. completely, you know, physically wise. Yes. And important to say, uh, don't be uh, shy about coming forward or don't be embarrassed about it. If something like this has happened to you and you're listening to us today, please do report it uh, to the Gardaí because if you stay silent and don't report it well, you're just facilitating uh, these people moving on and another victim will be theirs down the road. There's only one way. Our Sharon, Sharon Kenny, the matchmaker.ie. Give her a shout and there'll be no scammers getting to you. That is a promise. Lovely to talk to you again today. You too, Jerry. Take care. Take care, yourself. summer with your fishing. I will indeed. I will indeed. Talk soon. Take care, Sharon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. It's an awful lot of money. Nearly a million, 31 people that have admitted it. And it must be only the tip of the iceberg. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Still to come, a new online campaign to try and end the scourge of dogs defecating on our streets and in public areas. And of course, Diana Ross is back on Late Lunch with a beautiful love song. Stay with us. I really hope this is good news for motorists. Uh, Just uh, news today that new players will come into the Irish car insurance market. It's been dealt with at a European level and it's been quite a closed shop for a while here and we've talked about it many times. And actually, I've got a a car insurance renewal myself up 35% from last year up 35% I joke you not I'm going to come back to this on the show next week I promise you yeah 150 euro more expensive this year than last year 
I nearly fell off the chair to be honest with you but it's something I'm going to uh, talk about next week here on Late Lunch I do hope these new players make a difference and really do shake it up because at times you just wonder you really do uh, when you uh, get a, a new quote like that anyway that news uh, just emerging today from Europe that Ireland will have more competition in the car insurance market 086 658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us on the show and uh, we're back to an old chestnut on late lunch after news weather and sport at three a new online campaign a dog feces on our streets on uh, uh, in our parks you know what we're talking about anyway will it make a difference let's see we're going to talk about it shortly but heading to news and sport and weather at three here he is I love this one it's John Mellencamp and hurts so good Now, my artist of the week this week is the one and only Diana Ross, fresh from Glastonbury, I'll say it again. And the 80s saw Diana leave Motown, her record label of 20 years, for RCA Records, who, listen to this, paid her $20 million for a seven-year contract, the most expensive recording deal ever in the music industry at that time. These years were the halcyon days of her career, singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. She was in such demand, honoured with her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, hit albums, singles, hosting the American Music Awards, touring to packed arenas around the world, and so on and so forth. Yet, in 1988, she went back to Motown Records. And the deal she got there was incredible because she became a part owner of Motown as part of that financial deal. The 90s was a decade of consolidation before she reunited with the Supremes from 2000 to 2003 for a most successful USA, European and world tour with fans flocking to see the group perform again. Today, I dip into Diana's back catalogue from the 90s and the lead single from our 1991 album The Force Behind the Power this is simply beautiful I wanna call the stars down from the sky I wanna live a day that never dies I wanna change the world only for Radio Romance on LMFM's Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Love that song. Simply love it. Diana Ross, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, tomorrow I'll round off a week of Miss Ross with another cracker and more about her life and times. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and we return to an old chestnut on Late Lunch in a moment. 
dog fouling, it's disgusting and it's still an issue, even though a lot of people have really improved and you see people all the time with the wee bags and picking up and disposing of it properly, but it still is a big issue. And with this in mind, Meath County Council are launching a new online dog fouling awareness campaign and joining us next to tell us more about it is Alan Nolan. Alan Nolan, welcome back to Late Lunch. How are you doing, Jerry? How are you? Good. Great to have you with us again. Well, the fight continues on all fronts for you. You uh, lead the attack on uh, dumping and littering in uh, the Royal County. But this new campaign uh, around dog fouling, an awareness campaign online, Alan, another effort to try and hammer home the message, you know, that this is just not on, Alan. No, it's not, Jerry. And it's in conjunction with 10 other local area authorities that were doing it, as you, look, it's mainstream. Everyone is giving out about it. Uh, dog fouling is becoming an issue. It always has been an issue, and it's becoming more of an issue. Not quite as bad. There's a lot of brilliant people out there that will pick up after their dogs. But Jerry, I want everyone listening today. Just imagine the misfortune of being on a wheelchair tomorrow morning, mm. and you have to carry out your duties the way you do. Try your best. You're wheeling down the footpath, and all of a sudden, there's dog dog crap on your wheel. It's on your hands. Where do you go? What do you do? Not everyone will have wipes with them to clean it. Same with the buggy coming in with your kids, bringing your kids to or from school or bringing them for a walk. A person on a wheelchair then has to get assistance. 90% of the time would have to get assistance, take the wheel off. First of all, get themselves cleaned up. Take the wheel off the wheelchair. Get it washed. It's a huge, huge inconvenience and it's absolutely disgusting, Jerry, what it is. I use the terminology UIFs, uneducated ignorant fools, and to be honest with you, I've exchanged fools with something else recently because of this. And like, we're, we're targeting, it's online, it's on social media, it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. There's also radio advertisements being done about it as well. Just to educate people to pick up after your bloody dog, Jerry, and that's what it is. And we're seeing this more often than not, that people are going out at night time, 10 o'clock, half 10, 7 o'clock in the morning when there's no one around, thinking it's okay to just let them have crap on a footpath or let them crap on grass on a green area where kids play. Yes. Someone comes out to mow the grass and it's scattered 10 foot instead of just having a little pile. You mm. have a dog, do the bloody right thing and pick it up. Please, people, please, please pick it up. Any big, any bag, any bin, except the recycling bin, obviously, Bring it home. If you bring your child for a walk and a stroll or whatever and you have to change his nappy, you're not just going to throw the, the, the crap off the nappy on the ground. You're going to bring the nappy with you. You have a nappy bag, you go prepared. Do the same for your dog. Please, we're urging people to please, please, please start picking up after your dog. It's absolutely disgusting. I know two people on wheelchairs. I've spoken to two of them recently and it is the absolute scourge of their life. They ha- Instead of being able to wheel down a path so now it's like the same as like landmines. You have to avoid everywhere. Mm. And and you make a very good point there, I and I actually saw somebody in a green area the other day and I couldn't believe it. People think when they let the dogs out in green spaces that they can you know, it's fine. They can they can defecate there. But you are no. so right. And the other thing to remind people, the wheelchair users, the buggies, children on their shoes going to and from school. Uh, if you know, by chance this uh feces which can carry a tiny little thing within it gets into the IR it, 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 people can go blind with this yeah absolutely there was a case recently well it's going back about six or seven years ago on a beach in North County Dublin mm. where a gentleman was out jogging fell his hand went into dog feces at the same time sand went into his eye he went to rub his eye that man is now completely blind mm. cannot see ever again for the rest of his life mm. because of the parasitic worm that went yes. into his eye yes. he's now blind and like 
it's fine to tell people to have a dog and we've got a lot of COVID dogs and in fairness Derek, a lot of people they got the dogs they took responsibility but there's people out there and I don't know whether it's a generational thing or what it is but like they feel okay my dog's out the crap on the grass after look at his grass it's on the grass well kids go and play in the grass someone has to cut that grass someone has to pick it up it's absolutely disgusting it, it, you, the ads were running Jerry. It, it, with a dog called Scally and that's what we're calling it and as again as I say it's a conjunction with 10 other local area authorities that were mm. doing this You'll see Scally, and he's given across the message to do your civic duty, pick up after your dog. If you have a dog, pick up after it. Stop leaving the crap on the footpath. Stop leaving it on the grass. Think of the people in wheelchairs. Think of people with visual impairments that can't see where they're walking yes. also. And like it's absolutely, it's just beyond belief that people know it is. They know it is. It's out there. Everybody knows you have to pick up after your dog. But there's a certain element of people that refuse to pick it up and won't pick it up and think it's okay to just leave it there. It's absolutely disgusting and that's what it is. And there are, I won't even say what they are on the radio, Jerry, because I could get myself in trouble. But like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And you're passionate about it and you always are when it comes to the areas that you look after. Now, it's just to say that, as you mentioned there, there have been radio, television, television, cinema advertising campaigns. This is an online campaign featuring this adorable dog uh, called Sally, who is the star of the show, but it really does bring the message home to people. And it's just another area where people spend a lot of time in social media that you're getting to people in in there as well. Just on a a point, 150 on the spot, fine. You could be fined up to 3,000 in court. it should be a thousand euros on the spot, sir. And that might just stop people yeah. caught then. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Raise it up to a thousand euros if you're caught. Let your dog defecate in the green area of public place without picking it up. Thousand euros straight away. There you go. Thanks very much. They won't do that again. Mm. So and the it, fine could be raised significantly, you're saying. Are there many are there many fines actually issued? No, Jerry, it's next to impossible to get a fine and the reason being we have complaints on a weekly basis. Like just say Jerry Kelly is out in his neighbourhood and Mary Smith down the road lets her dog out onto the green. Jerry will ring us, Alan, Mary Smith's letting her dog out. We will call to Mary Smith and make her aware there's a complaint. But until we have photographic evidence of that dog defecating on that green area, mm. You can send us in the photograph. We will then contact you and say, Jerry, that's fine. We will issue a fine based on that. But we need a witness statement off you to say you will back up that photograph in court if needs be. If we go to court, produce the evidence to the judge. Judge, that's Mary Smith's dog. On the 2nd of July 2022, she was defecating on a green area. Who took the photograph? I'll turn around and say our witness is here. Suddenly, Jerry Kelly's not there. The judge will throw it out. So we need people to be able to back up the photographs by the three W's, we call it, where it happened, what happened, when it happened. So where it happened was on the green area, when it happened was Saturday morning, and how it ha- what happened, it was the dog defecation, and nobody picked it up. Until we have all that evidence together, we cannot issue a fine. So if it's we, difficult. It's difficult. So that's why, that's why... We, yeah, we you. But we as wardens as well can't be everywhere. I understand. Some people I, are complaining they never see a dog warden. Well, open your eyes. There's three of us in the county and yeah. you will see us if you look for us or if you mm. need us, contact mm. us. We will be there. But like, we cannot be everywhere and particularly at night time. Late at night time, there's people. I know one man in particular, now to be fair to him, he does pick up but he brings his dog for a walk every night at 10 o'clock. Mm. Every night. Summer, mm. winter, whatever it is. 10 o'clock every night, gets the dog, brings for a walk. Half but, the time you might pick it up, half the time you might not pick it up. But at 10 o'clock it's dark, nobody sees them, everybody thinks it's okay to bring their dog out. Like if you walk down the streets of Navanger, walk down the streets of Swim, walk down the streets of the Leak, you will find dog poo on every, not most paths. 
Yes. When you walk down that street. So that's, that's why, crazy. that's why, Alan, your appeal and what you're doing today and this online campaign with Scally is appealing to people's decency and uh, pointing out that others are affected uh, gravely by this if you don't pick it up. And that's what we're doing. Affected, yeah. So then people, then people are letting their dog smell on footpaths or wherever. Just think, if you were on a wheelchair, mm. would you pick up your poo? Of course you would. Yeah. Absolutely you would. I don't want to walk in someone else's poo. I don't want to have it on my hands. I don't want to have it on the wheels of my wheelchair or my buggy or my runners. Everybody knows what it's like. It's absolutely disgusting. Just think about it. When your dog does a poo, who does it affect? It affects everyone that uses that pack. That's what it is. It, does it affects indeed. everyone. Indeed. Alan, I have to leave it there for today. Thank you for joining us again on the show. No problem, Take Jerry. care of yourself. Bye-bye, Thank Alan. You. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That is uh, a man passionate, and we should all be passionate about it. Alan Nolan there, the warden, uh, one of the wardens in County Mead. And well done to Mead County Council, Loud County Council, and the other local authorities who are trying something else as well to get the message across online that it's not right. You must pick it up. we leave it at that for today on the show. Final show of the week to come tomorrow. Last day of June today. June over already. We're into July. God, where does the time go? Anyway, tomorrow we're going to hear from more local people who have been unable to get on the property ladder here in the northeast. One moving very far field, and the other, they're in a hotel. They in a hotel, paying hotel rates to have a, a roof over their heads. The sounds of nature. Well, yes, we're going to remind you about the uh, wonderful wildlife we have in this country. The Lego Lady is with us. David Sheehan runs his rule over sport. We've comedy, your TV theme, and more from Miss Diana Ross, my artist of the week. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Wonderful music and more besides over the next couple of hours. And we're back with the 1st of July, late lunch, Friday 1.30. It's a date. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mocha, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel or fully electric. The new Opal Mocha. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
mugger is less normal, more mugger. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.